Hey everybody, welcome to episode 175 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris, coming to you from my house in Austin, Texas, as I am staying inside, mostly only getting out for runs here and there. Got three kids I'm holed up with, so you may hear them pop in on this episode at some point. We shall see how that goes. But wanted to get this one out today. Hopefully everybody's doing the right thing, staying safe, staying at home, being appropriately socially distanced. Right now, you know, you should really be operating only within your units, family units, household units, as well as, you know, maybe one other person that you could be running with. But if you do that, I would encourage you to be appropriately socially distanced. Keep yourself six feet apart from that running partner if you need somebody to go out with. But please be safe as you do it. This is a collective effort for all of us to keep everybody healthy and safe. And we all have to do our part. But in the midst of doing our part, obviously we want to still keep those routines as much as possible. I got on with our row group today and really emphasized to them, just like we said in last week's episode with Jen, the importance of maintaining that routine. There may be many of you who have struggled to maintain a routine over the last seven to 10 days as everything has been thrown into chaos. And if that's you, that's okay. I would encourage you to start today with something. Start small if you have to, a short run, a short strength workout, do something that will build build momentum to something more. That's my best advice for you. And, and of course, get out there, create that new routine, get a piece of paper, write down what you're going to be doing so that you can try to stick to it. Covered all that with Jen. This week, I wanted to cover off on some things you can work on or how you can use this as an opportunity to build for the future. So this is a time where you can move into sort of potentially a transition or base mode that will prepare you for that next race-specific training block. And so one of the things I've been emphasizing with our groups here in Austin and Dallas and New York and virtually through the podcast is trying to use this as an opportunity to work on your weaknesses And so what I would encourage all of you to do if you're thinking about what those things might be is to try to figure out one weakness that you can work on during this time. And so what we're going to talk about today is how do you think about what those weaknesses might be? And once you decide what you're going to work on, what are some things you can do practically to get better in that specific area? And so that's what we'll cover today. And, you know, we'll keep these episodes during this time relatively short so that you can listen, hopefully apply, and keep moving. Before we get to a more complete discussion on weaknesses, I did want to give a couple of updates and shout outs. One, I would highly encourage you, especially those that don't get to run Boston, at least in April, and are waiting for September to go listen to episode 41 of the Clean Sport Collective podcast. We had Catherine Switzer on there, and it was a really fascinating listen. Of course, she's famous for being the first woman to officially finish the Boston Marathon, doing it a year after Roberta Gibb ran it as a bandit. 
Catherine story is fascinating though and she went on to become an advocate for women in sports that's that span that spanned well beyond the marathon itself she also talks in that episode about how she did things like run 30 miles in training before that boston marathon so that she could prove to her coach to do it that or prove to her coach that she could do it it's a fascinating listen would highly encourage you to go check that one out again it's episode 41 of the Clean Sport Collective podcast. The other thing I want to do is shout out to Kara Goucher, my co-host for that podcast, who finally, after 12 and a half years, received her upgraded silver medal from the 2007 World Championships. Originally, she earned a bronze there. She went back in 2017 to go through that official upgrade ceremony, but hadn't yet received the actual silver medal and she got it this past week and I was able to go on zoom her husband Adam organized a little zoom podium ceremony so a bunch of us Kara's friends and family got on zoom and he got to present that medal to her virtually as we all watched along which was really really cool to see her son was there as well and her cat so it's 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 cool that that was finally delivered to her Sad that it took 12 and a half years for her to get that proper spot on the podium or get that proper hardware, but she has it now so we can celebrate that. But it's just a reminder of the importance of fighting that fight for clean sport. So if you haven't already checked out the Clean Sport Collective podcast and everything we're doing over there, I would highly encourage that potentially as you may have some more time for podcasts these days. All right, let's talk about working your weaknesses Again, this is an opportunity, and Jen used that word in our episode last week, episode 174, is taking this time to, and flipping it from a potential negative to a positive by figuring out what can you work on? What can you work on right now in order to get better as an athlete so that you can be a better runner when you go into your next race-specific training block? And so I would encourage you to sit down, think about, what is one weakness that you can work on that you can get better at that will allow you to be a better runner, better athlete for that next training block? I've got four things that I wanted to highlight and then I'll mention some others as well, but four things potentially that you could work on during this time, work on your weaknesses. And so the first one is mobility, mobility. I think it's commonly misperceived the idea that flexibility is important in running. And one thing the science tells us now is that stretching itself from a running standpoint doesn't actually do anything for us. Now, the science actually says if you're already stretching and that's working for you, then keep stretching. If you're not stretching, you don't necessarily need to keep stretching. So flexibility, though, is different than mobility. Mobility is how those joints move and function and allow you to operate as an athlete. And a lot of us as runners are classically weak when it comes to mobility. Personally, I've got an ankle mobility issue on my left side. That happens to be because of an ankle sprain that happened to me in high school that wasn't properly treated but it's something that's only gotten worse over time and is a constant 
issue for me that I have to manage all the time in order to stay injury free, but it's a source of potential injury for me. And so I have to do mobility, ankle mobility work to keep that ankle functioning properly. So, but all of us have our mobility issues. If you have the book Running Rewired, then he's got some mobility tests in there that I would highly encourage you do as one potential option. I'm also going to link to some mobility tests from a local strength coach here in Austin that we used, Coach Travis, and he's got three basic mobility tests you can do, the ankle mobility test, the squat test, and a hinge test. And so his work I would highly also or I would also recommend you check out and I'll link to that in the sh- in the show notes but he's got a website called strengthforspeed.com where he gives you some of those basic mobility tests that you can do and then he also has a YouTube channel where you can get information on how to work on those mobility elements but the ankle the squat your ability to to drop low as well as your ability to hinge at the 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 waist properly and use that as a source of power momentum all really important mobility elements there are others as well that you can get in like i said in that book running rewired by jay dishery but this would be a time if you have mobility issues to one develop a baseline so go and either do the tests that are in Jay's book, Running Rewired, or like I said, I'll link in the show notes to the mobility test that Travis has on his website, strengthforspeed.com, and let's figure out where your movement patterns are are limited or restricted, because the more mobile you are, the more you can move as an athlete, and therefore, the stronger and faster you can be. And in fact, Travis, when I was talking to him, and he's actually been helping us develop a strength program for runners that we've used for our base podcast group. He talks about how with the Olympic athletes that he coaches after they finish the season, he goes back to the basics and reestablishes their foundational mobility before he starts to build them back up and prepare for a new season. And many of us, because we're never working on that, it means that we're actually severely restricted, limiting our ability as an athlete And if that's limited, then not only is it going to give you potential challenges for injury down the road, but it's also going to limit your potential as a runner, as an athlete itself. So do those mobility tests, then either through that book, Running Rewired, or through Travis's website and YouTube channel, you can get some very basic mobility exercises to improve ankle mobility, squat, depth, as well as hinge movement and power. Now, there are other mobility elements. Big toe range of motion is something that's really important for runners. That's something that's highlighted in Jay's book and something you can work on. But this is an area that you can really spend some time and really you can't overdo range of motion work. Obviously, you know, you can overdo anything if you do it 24-7, but in this case, because it's going to be Simply movement, it's going to really be all about movement, not necessarily about weight-bearing movement, then you really can't do too much mobility work. So I would highly encourage you, for those that are restricted in your movement patterns, 
to think about just focusing purely on mobility as a weakness to develop during this time. Obviously, I would encourage you to keep doing your running and that part of the the programming. But if you add one thing to the mix to work on, then mobility could be it. So that's the first thing, mobility. Second thing, which is really something that I'm going to be working on, is strength and trying to build in functional strength training to your routine. There's lots of options for this. You can, you know, there's lots of websites that have information on this. You can use the the work that I talked about with Jason Fitzgerald when he came on to talk about strength running and his website, Strength Running. There's lots of resources. Travis has developed a program for us that we're using. But then there's also just the very simple things you can do that don't have to be complicated. Simple push-ups, pull-ups, prisoner squats, lunges, single leg, leg deadlifts. Those five exercises, if you just work those five things, are going to give you a big bang for your buck. Push-ups, pull-ups, prisoner squats, lunges, and single leg squats. Single leg, excuse me, single leg deadlifts, which you can eventually add weight to. Those five movements, if you just focus on those five movements, you're going to you're going to accomplish a lot and because I believe it's so important to start slow and really make sure that your ligaments and tendons and all your connective tissue build with you as you build into a strength routine, you're going to want to be patient. You're going to want to be slow with it. You're going to want to make sure that you're doing the movements correctly. And, and so for that, you know, I recommend keeping it simple if you need to. Obviously, if you have more guidance via one of these other programs, then that's great too. But you don't have to keep, you know, you don't have to make it very complicated in order to get significant bang for your buck with a strength routine. So that's something else to work on. I recommend doing at least two days a week in order to get the real full benefit from the work up to three days a week max. So two to three days a week is what I recommend adding into your routine now. And it really, as I said, can look like anything. Something done consistently is better than a whole lot done inconsistently and certainly better than nothing. So figure out what routine works for you. Start doing it at least twice a week, maybe three times a week. Incorporate it consistently and if you do that over the next couple of months, you're going to see some massive changes in what you're able to accomplish when you go into your next training block. So that's the second thing, strength. Mobility one, strength two. Third thing, raw speed. There are many of us, especially those that focus on the half marathon and marathon, that tend to neglect just the pure raw speed side of things. This is something that we develop in my podcast-based program where we do what we call additional work, but additional work each week, which is a secondary workout that is just focused on speed development. That's the type of thing that right now is a good time to really mix into your running routine, something to focus on just pure raw speed. Make sure you get those fast switch muscles activated. 
And that can be done in really simple ways with some really simple workouts. I'm going to give you some examples of that now. And then you can incorporate these. I I would recommend incorporating them no more than once a week so that you don't overdo it, especially as you build into this type of work. But you'll keep your running routine the same and potentially keep even one other endurance workout during the week but then add this, what we're going to call speed development workout to your routine to just work on pure raw speed. So here are some example workouts for that. One and the most basic we've talked about before on the podcast would be pure flat strides. Flat strides are done on flat ground, flat straightaway, could be 80, could be 100 meters stretch of road or track. And you're going to do these again once a week or a workout like this once a week to, to execute a stride. What you'll do is basically do a, a short controlled sprint. I like to, to mentally break up that 80 to 100 meter stretch of road into thirds. And you're going to build your speed for a third, hold your speed for a third, and then coast or cruise for the final third of the wor- of the stride. And you'll do that to the point where you want to try to get to 90 to 95% of peak speed in the middle section of that stride. So it's a short controlled sprint and you're really only holding that peak speed for 35, maybe 40 meters in the middle. And when you do that, you really want to make sure and think about your maintaining really solid form driving those knees and arms to get the most from your speed. Then when you get done, when you get to the end of the stride, you'll walk back to the start for for full recovery and repeat that. I would recommend starting with just four of these and then building to up to potentially eight of them done at one time. But you're going to want to build that over the course of four to six weeks. So You could add one a week and continue to layer on additional strides as you go or work in some of these other workouts that we'll talk about and then come back to the strides and just add maybe a couple the next time you do them. So flat strides is one example. Hill strides is another example, something that you can do. And this would be similar to a flat stride, but just on a hill. You're going to do a short controlled sprint uphill. Typically, we want these to be a little bit shorter than a flat stride. So instead of 80 to 100 meters, you're going to look for a a section of road uphill that is 60 to 80 meters. And this should be a moderate hill, one that you can maintain proper form on and not get sloppy or hunched over. And so you're going to do a hard controlled sprint up the hill. Again, kind of building that speed for the first third of the hill and then holding that speed for the final two thirds of the hill, maybe letting off the gas just at the end of it in order to ramp down and finish. Then you'll walk down to the bottom of the hill and repeat that. Again, I would start with four of these, build up to potentially as much as eight of these, either adding one per week or a couple every other week if you're working in other workouts. Hill strides is another example. I'll give you two more. Another one of my favorites, and this is one I did personally last week, is just a 200 on and off workout where you go to a track, 
or potentially find another 400 meter road loop that you can measure or mark somehow on the roads. And then you're going to do 200 meters on, 200 meter jog. 200 meters on, 200 meter jog. You'll start with your 200 on at about 5K pace and then try to progress down a little bit with each 200, maybe just a second per not doing anything crazy or progressing too quickly, but just gradually squeezing that pace down. You'll do 200 on at 5K, then 200 jog, super easy jog so that you get full recovery and then start another lap with another 200 again slightly faster as you go through these reps and you're going to want to finish faster than than when you started i like to start with six of these but you could work up to the point where you're doing 10 to 12 of these in one session again building gradually over time so that's another option is a 200 meter on and off and then the last one I'll give you, and we've got others, but these are just the simple ones to execute is this next one is a 400 meter, but it's a, what we call a 400 meter build. And so you're going to alternate between 400 on and 400 easy jog building for those 400 ons every 100 meters. And so you're going to start that 400 at about 5k pace for the first 100 and then pick up the pace progressing each 100 for that 400 meter lap. So you'll pick it up at 100, 200, 300, and then try to finish fast. Again, starting at 5K pace, but squeezing down the pace as you pass each 100 meter mark. If you're on a track, then you'll know that each curve is 100 and each straightaway is 100. So anytime you get to the end, of either a curve or a straight, you're going to be squeezing down the pace a little bit so that you finish faster than how you start. And then you'll do 400 meters of an easy jog and repeat that. I like to start with only four of these because they can get pretty intense. But you could build up to potentially eight of them if you're doing that gradually over time. So if speed is the thing to work on, then I would start building in these workouts. And, and I would say when you're adding some of these speed development workouts, you may want to back off on some of your more endurance oriented workouts so that you can really adapt to these faster speed workouts, shorter intense workouts. And then once you get through some of these and kind of build that foundation, then you can start to do things like some 400 meter reps where you're only taking 60 seconds of rest between each and maybe starting at 5k pace and progressing down a little bit as you go through maybe 8 to 12 400s. So we can use these as building blocks for other speed development type work, but this is where I would start. And it might mean, as I said, backing off on some of that endurance focus work while you're committing to this speed development work so that you're not overdoing it overall. So that's a third potential area to work while, while we're in this transition phase. So one mobility, two strength, three raw speed. The fourth thing I have for you is overall volume. We talked about this on my base training episode with Jason not too long ago, 
but anytime you're in a transition mode or base mode, this is a time to potentially focus on building total mileage. And I wouldn't do more than 15 or 20% more than you've ever sustained before. So you can think, but you can think about that range. So for example, if you've done 30 miles per week historically in your training blocks, then you could build to 35 or 36 miles per week during this period of time while we're in this transition mode. And you could add those on a medium long day. That would be the first priority I would say is first building up that medium long run day. For those that typically train for marathons, you know, I like to see that in the eight to 12 miles per week range. Or for those that are tipping, typically training for a half, I want to see that in the six to eight mile per week range. And that's your midweek medium long run. You can also add it to potentially your long run, although during this time I wouldn't probably recommend running more than 18 miles as you don't want to tear down the body too much or expose your immune system too much. And so if you can't add it to your long run, then you can, after adding it to your medium long run, you can add it to those other days during the week, perhaps those easy or recovery days in order to increase that total volume. Of course, while you're building volume, I would encourage you not to worry too much about hard quality at the same time. And so you may want to suspend the really long endurance oriented workouts, maybe do some of the speed like I just talked about, focusing perhaps on those flat strides or those hill strides so that you're not overdoing things too much while you build volume, but you're still maintaining some of those fast twitch muscle fibers so that when you do add the speed back, you're not completely out of the routine on some speed. So if you build volume, cut back on the overall quality work that you're doing and maybe just limit things to those flat, flat strides or hill strides in the meantime. And then once you get to that point where you've hit that that total volume peak that you're targeting, then you can start to cycle where you do two up weeks and then one down week that's maybe 15 or 20% lower than those up weeks so that you get a little bit of cycling, which allows your body to recover from those up weeks. And so you maintain, given my prior, prior example, you'd maintain that 35 or 36 mile per week threshold for two weeks and then cycle down to 30 to 32 miles per week for a week and then go back up for two weeks and so forth. So that's a cycle you can get to once you get to that peak volume. And before that, I just recommend not building by more than about 10% a week. It's a pretty arbitrary rule and it doesn't, it isn't one that you necessarily have to follow perfectly, but you want to not add more than about three to five miles per week as you're building mileage until you hit that peak. And then once you hit that peak, then you can start that cycling that I just described. So that's something else that you can work on so that when you go into your next training block, you're already at your peak mileage. And then when you make that transition, you might see that your mileage drops a little bit until you rebuild back to that peak within that race specific training block. But it's going to give you that foundational aerobic fitness that allows you to be really strong and fit and ready to absorb more training when you do go into your race specific work. So that's the fourth thing. And I've got some others here that I wanted to mention that I would kind of put in 
an other or lifestyle category. So this will be kind of a fifth category that's a little bit of a catch-all of some other things you can work on while we're in this transition mode. And again, I want to remind you, don't don't try to do all of these things. That's going to be too much. Pick one thing to really work on and get better at. And once you've mastered that thing, then maybe you can add something else. But this is not the time to try to do three or four things and really only have one or none of them stick. So Southern, this fifth category, kind of a catch-all list of some other things you could potentially work on that might be weaknesses for you to help you in your training beyond. One would be sleep. I've talked about this quite a bit. This is the time to really focus on sleep quality and quantity, perhaps for some of you. Because routines are training are changing, maybe you don't have that same commute into work, and so you're able to add a little bit of time to your 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 nightly sleep routine in order to beef up that total sleep quantity. Potentially you could also work on sleep quality by getting some blackout shades or potentially covering those lights, those blue lights that are in your your bedroom, maybe shutting down your electronics a little bit sooner so that you can you can avoid that blue light and get a better quality sleep once you go into it. There's lots of different things from a sleep perspective that you can work on, but that's something else that I would consider, you know, that's non-running related that may be beneficial for you at this time. Another thing for some of you might be food quality. I don't think really anybody should be worried about food quantity at this time, just eat to hunger, but food quality could be something that you could work on, especially since we're you know, we're all kind of forced to perhaps eat more at home and maybe kickstart our cooking routines a little bit over the coming weeks as we're forced to cook at home more. And so this is a time where you can try some recipes. You can really try to, to do more with those whole food quality ingredients versus eating processed things or, or takeout. And so it may be a time for some of you to dig into really cooking clean whole food based recipes. That's something that you could be working on during this time. Another thing for others of you could be foam rolling and really developing a solid routine around mobility with the foam roller. And this could actually be even related to that first point about those mobility tests that I talked about, but it could be really learning how to use that trigger point grid and getting better at working out those, you know, those tight spots in your muscles and maybe your quads low back, glutes, hamstrings. So spending some more time on the foam roller and really experimenting with what it works with what works for you could be something that you focus on right now. And then the last thing I'll mention in this last kind of catch-all category, and of course there are probably others, is working on the mind. Jen and I talked about this in our episode last week, but this could be a time for some of you to focus on really practicing meditation perhaps downloading that Headspace app and starting to do its daily short, you know, often less than 10 minutes or 10 minute meditation exercises that are in that app. This could be a time to really work on that presence to keep your mind calm during this stressful and sometimes chaotic and uncertain time. And so that could be something else that you say, hey, I want to work on the mental side of things. Pick that, pick up a Headspace app, use another tool 
to go tackle the mind and keep the mind calm during this time. That's something else that could really benefit many of you as you go into your other training. So that's something else. Sleep, food quality, rolling, foam rolling, and the mind. In addition to mobility, strength, raw speed, and total volume. Those are all things, I think that's eight things that I just mentioned that I think most of us could probably point to three or four of those that we need to work on. But I would encourage you not to do that. Avoid the temptation to go overboard on this. Pick one of them. Even if it's just this week and next week, just pick one thing for two weeks to really try to establish some new routines around. Dig into that one thing. Get better at that one thing. Because if you can do that and you can do it consistently over the next four to eight weeks, then you're going to start to embed habits in and build new skills and techniques that and strengths that will allow you to be better, be stronger, be more mentally ready when you go into that next training block associated with your goal race for the fall, perhaps. So that's my mission for you from this week's episode is think about where you might have weakness and then use some of these tips that I mentioned to try to go attack that weakness over the coming weeks so that you can get better at it. If you do that, I promise you'll be stronger on the other side. It'll also give you something to focus on, maybe take your mind off the fact that you're not able to really train for that big goal race like you had been doing just recently. So that's my tip for today. I'll be coming back to you every week with more things as we work through this self-isolation, self-distancing time together. Thanks as always to all of you for listening. You can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at roguerunning. I've also got some new podcast programs that are going to be coming out really soon, including a new trail one. So stay tuned for all of that information coming in episodes to come. Otherwise, stay healthy and safe out there, and we will talk to you next week.